morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Alphabetical Fugazi, the only podcast that devotes an episode each to discussing every song in the Fugazi catalog, from Fugai to Fugazi. I'm your host, Ian James Wright, and joining me today to discuss Burning from that first classic 1988 EP is ardent Fugazi fan Rudy Baines. Rudy, welcome to the show. Hi, Ian. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. So, uh, Rudy, when did things begin with you and this band that we both love? Okay, well, um, I am 44 years old. Uh, I was born in 1976 in um, kind of small town Alabama, but also uh, military base adjacent Alabama. So it definitely, there's a cycle of kids coming in and out of there that, that bring influences from everywhere else, get into skateboarding, you know, so you have the skate culture and the kind of musical awareness that can go along with skate culture in a small town pre-internet. So, <laughs> so of course, Fugazi was just one of many little uh, uh, things that seeped through that you heard in a guy's bedroom before you all go skating, that you heard in a van on the way somewhere, you know, through friends. Um, it was probably a uh, repeater era when I finally heard Fugazi. Um, I was well into, you know, punk and other things. Uh, but, uh, uh, yeah, it was definitely repeater was the first thing I heard. Um, and then I thought that was an okay song. Maybe it was on a mixtape. I don't really remember hearing everything off of it. Um, and then sometime being, uh, at a touristy beach town, <laughs> with a friend during spring break because you know small town alabama there was really nothing else to do we're mm -hmm. 90 miles from the florida beach we drive down there we're stuck in deadlock traffic sun blazing down on a black station wagon with no air conditioning and mm -hmm. we're and i'm and i'm hearing the song shut the door for the first time um a a miserable droning song to listen to in just sitting still on asphalt in a black station wagon with the windows rolled down and the sun blazing <laughs> on you. Um, I wasn't a fan that day, <laughs> but I, but I would later go back and check it all out. And of course, just lyrically get wrapped up into that world. Like I, uh, was want to do with, I, 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 I gravitated more toward the political punk bands, punk bands that had some message. I still, I, I love it all. I love the, the nihilists, the, the 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 people who just tear it all apart, but I've just always kind of gravitated toward the more thoughtful <laughs> punk that kind of started to steer me uh, in directions in life with my thinking, with my ethics, uh, uh, and how I carry myself in life. That's great. So note to self, uh, don't put Fugazi on the hot spring break mixtape. Um, <laughs> no, good. not a not a Panama City Beach banger. Right, right. <laughs> especially, especially not shut the door. <laughs> um, would you say? I mean, some. I think a lot of people probably the first album that grabbed them is the one that is their favorite to this day. Do you do you think you your favorite would be still Repeater if you had to choose? You know, that's a good question because uh, no, I'm that way about most things. Like I like the unpopular album of most bands because it just happens to be the one I first got into my gateway but for some reason there's a um i love repeater um but over the years you know you try not to have your favorites and you try to take 
Fugazi is one whole catalog that can't be uh, divided up. But um, I, I honestly, I think I always gravitate toward in on the kill taker. If I'm not in a full week long Fugazi entrenchment that I go through sometimes where I'm just <laughs> analyzing everything. Yeah, that sounds uh, familiar. Uh, yeah. If it's, if it's a, uh, I really, I, I could really use just a dose of Fugazi real quick. It's going to usually be in on the kill taker for me. That sounds like a fine choice to me. R- repeater to me there, it might be the time in life. I heard it too, like uh, kind of some, you know, may, maybe times that weren't as happy for me at home and things like that. But there, there was a real darkness to Repeater uh, to me that is almost, uh, well, it begins with, um, you know, I, I don't want to go into the other songs. You're going to cover those in other podcasts. But it, Repeater begins with a guy waking up in the morning. What a horrible thing to do. And, then, <laughs> and, and like we spoke about, it ends with shut the door. It's kind of, there's a, there's a, a real darkness to that album yeah true and i i think there's a lot to what you're saying about the time of life uh when it hit you sometimes i wonder my favorite bands fugazi anybody else like if i were first introduced them uh, to them at this point in my life would i would i grab onto them would i would i love them the same way who knows it's uh it's interesting to contemplate so um today we are talking about burning one of those very early Fugazi songs. Um, this is one that you seemed interested in. You sort of like grabbed onto it. You uh, seemed like you had a lot to say. So I'm going to give you the first word. What's the first angle we should attack this from? Well, uh, you know, you, you said it seemed like this was the one I was really into, really wanting to, to uh, speak about. And, and it was just, I was trying to think of a few of their songs. And as I kind of, did a fresh listen to each and I, I started stream of conscious uh, uh, kind of writing to you. I, I really realized burning um, that there is a lot there I have slept on over the years. I have not explored uh, as deeply and it. It, it really latched on to me. Um, uh, you know, uh, uh, it kind of, I noticed it with the music first, of course, the way it comes in, there's a there's a sound to it that is like fire with that um, kind of ringing high guitar note he begins it with and then lets it just keep sustaining into a wavery feedback. And then the stick clicks kind of Brendan's uh, I, I guess he's playing off the rim, but there's a lot of high end like clacking going on, like little snips and snaps of crackling fire. Uh, and the guitar and the drums right then work together in that way that, you know, the, the, okay, like I'm giving burning a fresh listening to, and first thing, it sounds like fire. Uh, I just thought that was really great. Maybe I'm reading into that, but then again, I, it made me just go on this sprint in my mind, thinking of other songs about fire where they actually tried to make the music sound like fire, like, uh, Brian Eno's babies on fire comes to mind. <laughs> It's a great, great song. Uh, he, uh, the music tries to emulate fire, uh, and that's kind of what I got out of the first ringing note and those stick clicks, the the rim shots at the beginning of this song. I just huh. thought that was great. Um, and I started kind of looking into the song more on uh, YouTube, and there's a, a really great clip of them in Nashville in '93. And that uh, there's some really great footage. And that's when I realized, oh, this this is that song with the iconic Ian guitar swing. 
you know, the, uh, you know, the Glennie Friedman photograph, uh, uh, and, and maybe you've seen other likenesses of it, but Ian kind of has this guitar swing where he's, uh, kind of swinging the guitar away from the amp and toward the amp. You know how he kind of, and this is one of those Ian songs where he plays his uh, amp like a theremin almost with the feedback, you know? Absolutely. Um, but, and, and, but this is maybe one of the, the, the ones where he has the most signature moves with his amp. Like there's a, you can, you can really see it in this uh, YouTube clip in Nashville in 93. Uh, it, it, it was just so amazing. It really was one of those live clips on, on the internet that, that really captured it. it really makes you feel like you're there. And um, I'll have but, to um, the, get that link from you and put that in the show notes. Um, that sounds great. Yeah. The, the opening, that's really interesting what you say about the, the sound of the song mimicking fire. I, I don't think I really thought of it that way, but you know, it's interesting. Um, Cause listening to fire, uh, there's such a lot of interesting sounds going on. I, I don't think I've sat down and just sat in front of a fire and listened for a long time, but yeah, for the high-pitched guitar part, there is there are these moments like just listening to a fire where there's like steam escaping from yeah, you know inside the, w- the wood or something and makes this high-pitched hiss. Um, there are yes, a lot of interesting exact, things like that yes. happening. Um, and yeah. yeah, that that the beginning. Well, I guess it sounds to me like there are two guitars double tracked with each other in the studio recording, um, and it. It really uh, makes yeah. the most of those. They they sort of like are going in and out of tune with each other, um, and I that's something that yeah that you're right. Um, when Ian does it live, he's facing his amp, swinging the guitar back and forth, which I guess is both sort of modulates the the feedback volume, but also when he swings his guitar like that, it's like the actual pitch of it uh, is changed by just I guess him you know pressing the the you know the, the neck is bending the strings are bending a little bit yeah um, not a not a ton There's but enough that. to get that sort of chorusy almost effect happening i wish um i could show you this moment there there is a very iconic photo of ian where his guitar he's facing his amp but his body is twisted and his guitar is like almost behind his back sideways <laughs> yeah um, uh, uh, and, and it's this song and, and he makes this motion, like he's chopping at the side of the amp with an ax or something. And, uh, and, and it, it's the, when it's the second time the guitar comes back to doing a feedback thing in the song and it's when it's really wavery and you see in this clip, like, Oh, that's the, this is that song. And it, maybe most times you see that photograph, they're playing burning. Cause it's just such a key point to how it gets played and you can look up other clips and it's always the same. Like he has a very certain way of uh, motioning the guitar toward his amp in the beginning. And then when he hits that part with the big swing, it's the same. It's uh, you know, it's, it's, he, it's like a fretboard. It's not accidental. He's not just in the moment. He is very in the moment, but he is not just in the moment every night. He, he knows he has to, do those movements the same just like you would have to finger a fretboard the same to get the same notes and it's it's really quite amazing they were such a fascinating band to watch live the physicality of their performance uh was was always just thrilling um and that's why you know they didn't need fancy stagecraft uh, or you know weird light displays or anything like that it's just fascinating to watch them uh 
and and it's not like as you say it's not window dressing it's it, it i mean part of it is just them feeling the music but part of them is part of it is just how this is how they executed some of these sounds um so fascinating both from an audience perspective and as like a musician trying to figure out how they're doing what they're doing yeah and and you know you you mentioned seeing them live this uh got me back to um thinking you know listening to the song with fresh eyes and thinking about it um there was one time where the song did kind of stand out to me a little bit when i saw them live um in uh 99 it was in atlanta it was um a really awful show for them and i'm really glad i got to see them again the next night in athens to see a really amazing show of, of theirs uh you know i got to see the um the, the the show that is overrun with meatheads there to beat people up oh, and no. then i got to see a show that's just a packed house of appreciative people that fagazi played three hours for or i mean it felt like three hours i know we went over two. it was quite amazing <laughs> um but uh uh so in 99 in atlanta kind of the the bad show <laughs> um uh i remember when they began burning um i had never uh, you know, I had never, I don't want to say I've never paid attention to the song. I had never gotten locked into this song where I'm listening to this one on a loop because I have to hear what they're doing in that one part or something like you do with other songs. Um, but when I saw them live playing it, Guy did this thing and it kind of segues into stuff I want to talk about about Guy, especially the songs where he is not playing guitar. Um, you know, he uh, he has that uh slinky shimmer he's kind of the mick jagger of sensitive hardcore boys <laughs> um he's uh, uh just you know he's so amazing to watch he just really emotes with his body and 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 it couldn't be more clear to me than when i finally saw them live. and i saw this song you know because it, it and i don't know if i'd already gotten an inkling of what they're like live. I can't remember if I saw them or saw the film instrument first. Um, but it was around the same time. And, and just uh, when they attacked this song, it, it begins with the line, there's something acting on this body. And when he said that, he kind of, he, he kind of hit himself in the belly a little bit and he pulled at his shirt and, you know, his shirt pulls up and you see him a little bit and, and, and it just, it, that is such a good, clear example of Guy <laughs> and his singing style, his lyric style, and, and his his stage presence. Just it's about his body, and and not in a vain way, um, but he emotes, he uses his body, he attacks his body. Uh, so many of his lyrics are about things that are happening to his body. Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, and, and this song, there is something acting on this body. Yeah. I mean, just right from the beginning and, and he, he uses his body live when he says it to, to just show you. And, and that's when you're, you're pulled into that wonderful, just physical world of gee, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of that first line, uh, to me, I, uh, it seems like that's a reference to Newton's laws of motion, right? Each of which talks about what happens when a force acts or doesn't act on a body. Um, and of course, you know, in the laws of motion, it's not necessarily talking about a human body, but he's he's sort of playing on that, I guess. 
Um, oh, unless unless okay. it's completely unintentional, I, I don't know. But yeah, just just the the wording of that acting on this body uh, says that to me. Yes. Um, ah, okay. I no, I I I've been. <laughs> it's funny. We should have had a pre conversation so that like <laughs> my mind doesn't get blown, and I'm like, oh well, now I don't want to say what I thought. <laughs> uh, blowing people's minds live is the name of the no, game. No. Uh, yeah, no, but, um, you know, if, if, if you don't mind, I actually started really looking into this whole, uh, uh, um, gi and, and the body connection. Um, yeah, please. This is just so, the, the podcast episode I just recorded. I think I made a comment on this. So yeah, please speak on this. Um, because it's, it's a okay, motif yeah, I've definitely noticed coming up again and again with gi. Yeah. And, and if you don't uh, like, and going back over this song, it, I'll kind of, it, it, to talk about it, I kind of touch on the song and then come away from the song. I, I'm prepared to talk about the song at length, but I just, in, in the very beginning of uh, reviewing this, I realized like you really have to talk about Guy and his body. <laughs> well, <laughs> the way he uses his body, his reference to his body, his concern for his body how grotesque he can make bodies lyrically too. Um, and, and just when he says it too, he says it with this almost punchy disgust. He says the word body in the song, like um, the line comes out like somebody who is spitting, but not spitting like, oh, let me just spit real quick. It's like a, I'm spitting at you with disgust. It's there's something acting on this and just that pause and boom. And it just like, forces out suddenly like just at you and 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 uh, so uh, thinking about Guy and his physical uh, uh, I don't know what we want to call it awareness <laughs> world right. that he writes about I had to pause from reviewing this song to look at every one of Guy's lyrics and note which ones he mentions something happening to a body a sickness with a body or just somehow touches on his body and and in my list i came up with bad mouth burning give me the cure two beats off dear justice letter cassavetes rendit target guilford fall fd life and limb and strange light and i think those are in chronological order right and <laughs> and i left out songs where um there's still um, a grotesqueness, a, a very physical description of things that, that happen to bodies, but they're about uh, 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 assaults or, um, or, or, or smallpox given to people. So I don't think those should be on the list. He, you know, that's a separate thing altogether, but it was still like running across those type of lyrics. You know what I mean? But then like, okay, this doesn't belong in the list of what's happening in the geese body. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sometimes um, I, it's encapsulated by something I remember um, in the song fell destroyed. That's, uh, I remember, you know, reading the lyrics to that and looking up the word coprophagic, but yeah, I just remember looking that up and being like, Oh, that's, that's such a gee thing. Like, uh, Oh, he's just sort of dropping that in there. It's just one of those, a sliver of body horror, the idea of, of that act. Um, Sure, sure. And that's another song entirely. So anyway, in, in reviewing Burning, it really, I, I was kind of like, oh, this is another one of those songs where it's not really exactly about that, like, like, especially as much as the next song on the album, Give Me the Cure, you know, where it's very graphic about dying and licking the side of dying. And 
there's a, there's usually lips and mouth and mouths involved with gi too. Like yeah. a lot of like, you know, in this song, uh, the song is lips, no exception. cutting my mouth up. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, but if you would like, uh, getting into the, the, I mean, unless you wanted to talk more about the, 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 the musicality of the song or no, we can, we can do that later and hit the lyrics first. Their lyrics can be quite cryptic. But um, I, I had a good time the last few days really looking over and over this and really thinking about it. And I'm glad I had that opportunity. It, it hit me again. It hit me in a new way. Um, um, I'm still taking guesses as to what this song may be about, but the way it is connecting with me now. And I think that um, the the band would allow that agency because they, they, you know, they have said the lyrics are printed. They're just enough for you to put them to your own story maybe if you will or figure it out for yourself um but uh you know i kind of feel like maybe i don't know if it's his place in music or his place in the country that he is speaking of in the song where something is acting on him there's information coming in but it's Mm -hmm. not going out like i feel like maybe a political speech or just it could be dull, hardcore shows where anthemic things are being uh, fed to him, but he's not registering it. He is not. Um, it 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 it's it's not computing with him, and therefore he can't spit back out a regurgitation of that, chanting along with it. He can't. Um, he, he just does not identify. Hmm. And so I don't know if that is what begins the burning sensation in his eyes. I don't know where that comes from, but then it, it really hit more home with me. I, I found the second verse, something I really kind of kept going over and over that gave me the, the sense of what I just talked about because of the, um, I wanted a language of my own. Uh, y- you know, when you get into punk or, or politics like sometimes you're you're looking for another way to voice something um or or perhaps there's something in you and and people can look for religion in the same way where there's you're you're feeling like you need to connect with something but you're not sure exactly what that is and so maybe you go check out a church or a political rally or a rock show or something you know and and but maybe it's just it's not happening you know you're you're my lips sucked empty i mouthed the lines of this crowd that surrounds me hmm. uh but then followed by punctured and parceled i fold my hand uh, you know it, it feels like you're giving yourself in away enough of that but you're not feeling fulfilled by it you're punctured you're parceled you uh, anyway uh, so those were those were some of my thoughts. I, I um, what what did tell me what you were feeling about this song? So yeah, I I think my interpretation really ties into that. So to me, this the song's like a very modernist statement, um, and I, I like I mean that in the formal sense of the word. Where so modernism is an art movement, not only in music literature but also you know the visual arts, everything like that, uh, sort of came around during and after World War I. Um, and, and like this really common theme in modernism is this anxiety, uh, this, this sort of self-consciousness about 
the things that came before you and wanting to to make a to to break away from those traditions. So I see a lot of that in this song. Um, yeah, I wanted a language of my own, like the so sort of the language that he's used to is so full of cliche. You know, that's that's part of it, like a statement on feeling that everything's been said that you're forced to speak in in these in this language of stock phrases um when what you want is to speak in this new and fresh and vital way so yeah my lips were sucked empty and i mouthed the lines of this crowd that surrounds me so just the way we go around I, it makes me think especially of like working in an office and these sort of like stock office phrases you use um <laughs> it, it, just this jargon uh, uh-huh. instead of speaking sort of authentically directly your experience um it's and it's it's sort of warps and perverts the use it, of language it a diminishes bit. It, it yeah it actually diminishes it becomes less and less to where uh you you just have those um awkward things that people do in the hallway where you just raise your eyebrows like yep here we are <laughs> right uh and yeah, um, so to to bring in something from that, um, maybe the most famous modernist poem is T.S. Eliot's The Wasteland. Um, and to, to quote a little bit from that, um, because this was reminding me of that, um, it says, Wow, yes. What are the roots that clutch? What branches grow out of this stony rubbish? Son of man, you cannot say or guess, for you know only a heap of broken images where the sun beats and the dead tree gives no shelter, the cricket no relief, and the dry stone no sound of water. So it's this, um, it's sort of this evoking, uh, like a, a this parched desert landscape. Um, there's, there's nothing to nourish you anymore. It's all been sort of sucked up by the art that's come previously. And in, in the poem, uh, it's i mean people have interpreted the poem in various ways i guess but definitely the poem as a whole invokes a lot of imagery of of water and the lack of water as like the lack of water is this symbol of uh, choking stagnation uh, and there's just a lot of fire and water contrast in fact the third section of the poem i was rereading it um after you know it struck me when i was looking at the lyrics here the third section of the poem ends with the repetition of the word burning so i'm like oh wow there's a lot of uh uh, a lot of cross-pollination oh. here, maybe. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was re- leading me also to, you know, back to the first line. There's something acting on this body. Something goes in when nothing comes out. Like, it, it's talking about the thing that's acting on this body is, like, the influence of prior arts, like, literature, songs, whatever. Uh, and, you know, it goes in, but, like, nothing comes out. I'm trying to force out some kind of artistic statement. Um, but I've got this, you know, it's, it's like a classic writer's block sort of uh, sentiment, I guess. <laughs> so that wow okay so we were on like a similar trajectory of different lives like <laughs> yeah. i i was ta- i was taking the political or or even or even musical uh yeah. as far as like if you were to go to a show and and you just see this like a- this music is acting at you on you but you're not really you're, you're kind of over this now you want something a little new something your own well, yeah, that, um, and I was also thinking maybe it could bespeak his experience being in bands, you know, in Fugazi and before Fugazi. Um, well, and that's a little bit why I went that direction is because, you know, uh, Discord being such an insular scene and like, you know, all, all those, like, not that 
every one of those bands have to write lyrics in the same way. But like, uh, you know, a lot of those minor threat songs were just about his friends, his community mm-hmm. and, and all that. And I feel like uh, some of the rights of spring songs probably were, too. Um, so, yeah, I just kind of uh, when I was thinking about and maybe I'm putting too much into it because of. Uh, you know, being a fan and only uh, reading snippets, maybe over the years you've built this mythos of them and that whole revolution summer thing of like uh, burning down the old mm-hmm. and 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 there you go, burning. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> getting rid of the old, starting something completely new, you know, like maybe that's like I, I was putting a little too much of that into this because the song would have been written maybe what two, three years later. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think there's definitely something to that. the The song is interesting because you know the refrain is a question, um, and that of course, you know, what is this burning in my eyes? It's like it's inviting you to supply an answer. Um, so, so I guess mm. the question is: Is this song like some kind of riddle that wants you to answer that, or is it supposed to just be left unanswered? Is it supposed to just evoke this, uh, this sort of nameless? sensation that maybe we've all felt and hmm. we can't put our finger on it um, well i and i okay and as you're telling me of, of course in preparation of the podcast i have the lyric page open in front of me from the booklet and um uh the next the very next song is give me the cure mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> so what is he's asking you the listener what is this what is this happening give me the answer the next song is give me the cure <laughs> um but but also i think we should talk about can you as a pre-internet everything on shuffle uh checking out songs one at a time kind of thing is this one of and this happens a couple times with Gazi, are these one of those two song sets you cannot separate in your mind? Like when you hear the last note of burning, don't you automatically hear the opening of Give Me the Cure, that slight little but dun 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 You know what I mean? Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I don't think not not this as much as some other Fugazi songs. Um Definitely, like I mean, suggestion uh, into Glue Man comes to mind immediately for that, right? Oh yeah, guilty. Oh, see, I, uh, yeah, I I always think of uh, um, Long Division and Runaway Return. I can never separate. Right, right. Like uh, the 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 last note and then the da na na da na na. You know. <laughs> um, so I've always kind of burning and give me the cure. Where like I almost can't have one without the other, sort of. Like, yeah, I feel because, that. And not like they mean the same thing to me, or I think they're sister songs. They just, I've heard since I was a teenager, those two songs back to back, that if I hear Burning and now I don't hear the other, it's going to be in my head all day. You can play Burning for me, and now I'm going to have the opening lick of Give Me the Cure in my head all day. (laughs) Something that I think is a sister song to this, uh, thematically at least, is Furniture. um, Which is, you know, another one of those very early Fugazi songs, because I mean, just the... Um, and that's of course an Ian song, but he's talking about being full of thought already written, um, and you yes. know, just like um, you know the the last line of burning, right? Uh, Don't you know what I mean? Um, and then in, in furniture, yeah, he's saying, "You see my mouth, you see that it's moving. I think you already know where I'm coming from." So they're both sort of talking about, uh, 
yeah, this this difficulty of communication, maybe difficulty of uh, is that the um, is that words or no? The this is the song with no words. Right, right. No one can hear the missing. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. I just um, was rewatching instrument and and preparing to talk to you and 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 made that connection myself when I saw that because. Uh, that's one of the ones they feature and they put a little bit of the lyrics up on the screen. And um, yeah, there's definitely that connection. Um, I, I've seen lyrical connections to other something besides the body thing. Uh, speaking of connections between this that remind you of songs that maybe Ian uh, sings is um, the punctured and parcel that hold my hand. Uh-huh. Uh, Ian is someone who I think is constantly focused on being divided up long division things fractured divided uh birthday pony he made all these accounts all these separate accounts so he could uh divide himself up but now the pattern takes all these losing control all this Mm -hmm. (laughs) ian is very hyper break (laughs) and and you know what with him as an archivist a cataloger he is always dividing things up in his life and putting them here and putting them there and now i parcel this here but in this song, I see where, uh, but this song kind of reminded me of Birthday Pony a little bit in the way that um, you've been so uh, filled with different holes from taking yourself apart or something acting on you. Uh, yeah, yeah y- y- you have no control anymore. It's breaking you down. You are too divided up. You're too punctured. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, the punctured and parceled I fold my hand really sent me to thinking about other songs, but then I realized, oh, all those songs are sung by Ian. Speaking uh, to, to take the conversation of, about other songs way outside Fugazi, when I, I was thinking about the chorus to this song and I was thinking, well, is this burning an eternal flame? <laughs> which i don't know it just makes me think of that song uh which as a song i like a lot i mean i'm not ashamed to say i, I guess i wouldn't say i love it but i do like that song <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> no shame uh, at all yeah Everyone they're both just songs like the central line is asking like what is this burning kind of uh i don't know just funny is to me this, hmm, okay gosh now you're gonna send me on because there always has to be a third right <laughs> well yeah, I, uh, there, there, it was making me think to, of that. But what's I don't the know. other song where someone's asking what's being burnt or burned? <laughs> <laughs> who put out the fire? Uh, <laughs> the monarch kid, who put out the fire? There you go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, like we didn't start the fire. It's sort of like saying, well, you know, who did? Yeah, well, who did? <laughs> it, yeah, it's going to lead to the next question. <laughs> um, so, uh, but, um, oh, go ahead. Okay, musically, though, uh, getting back on track with the um, musically, you mentioned kind of the sound of it kind of likening to other songs. And and going back on this, I kind of really also realized with all that feedback and the wavering and everything, um, it really it's it's almost a psychedelic song for Fugazi. (laughs) Hmm. Um, uh, there, there's just a real sprawlingness to it that, and, and I tried to start thinking, okay, what are some of their other songs that like, you know, have this sprawling feedback that can really get psychedelic at moments. And I, and I really, this song made me want to go listen to uh floating boy up mm. in hits, uh, just a real sprawling stretched out song again. Oh, you know what? Full circle. I think that song, uh, Floating Boy, is about uh, riding in a hot car. 
with no air conditioning. Uh, you know, the sun came out, sun came up, burned the shit out of our behinds, that kind of... Uh, surely uh, this has no connection to your first uh, experience with Fugazi, this interpretation. No, no, Interesting. Just, I just realized full circle. Yeah, no, yeah. he... Because um, I'm sure he was writing a song about my experience. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, um, I think but, you're right but, about yeah, the, no, the psychedelic the, connection. The, um, if, if you listened to, like, if you, if you, I'd say, maybe made a seven inch of burning and then floating boy on the b-side and gave it to someone that had never heard fugazi they would think it's a, a psychedelic band probably yeah um this uh this song burning lacks any uh, uh i know one thing i noticed that maybe set it apart a little bit especially on this first ep is um it kind of uh joe holds it down with a very hardcore chugga chugga riff it doesn't have any of joe's kind of um laid back reggae yeah it's so chunky right it's yeah, like a... so it kind of it, it it already sets the tone for being a little bit different and then it's not uh, a guitar driven other than feedback at first it's all the what would be the guitar riff is is being held down by joe and then well and then ian joins him after he finishes his like feedback yes. thing. so they're both playing that this this big like yeah caveman riff it made me think of um like maybe doom metal. Um, I'm not like a metal guy, so I, please forgive me if, if I'm uh, c- confusing the genres. I know there are so many and it's hard to keep track. <laughs> I won't try to correct you because I would be very <laughs> wrong. But it just, it makes me feel like, I mean, of of that kind of metal that I have listened to, like, like Dope Smoker by Sleep, for instance, it has just that kind of feel to me. It's so heavy, chunky. It's like sort of simple descending uh i don't know it's it's hard to describe the feel of it no i i i know what you mean that uh, yeah there there is a uh, like i i enjoyed going back and revisiting this song and really analyzing it and learning that this is this is quite a a, a different fugazi song but also in, indicative of other fugazi songs um but yeah joe not playing kind of a more um uh I don't know if reggae is the right term in, in his, his style dub mm-hmm. something, uh, but, uh, and not that he strictly adheres to that, but you know, he brought a lot of that to Pagazi. He made them very funky. And in this song, he's, he's the, he, um, he's, he's bringing the aggro rock in, in this song. And, well, uh, and then you ha- have all that sprawling feedback. Yeah. It's just kind of a different song. I think this is a good place to bring in some uh, comments from social media, um, which I went to the uh, the uh, listeners of this podcast uh, online. And um, a commenter named St. John Mason says, I'd quite like to know how they got that bass tone. Obviously, Joe is key, but was it double or triple tracked? Um, you know, interesting. I was I was listening to that. So, yeah, Joe is like playing chords in this one. Right? Yeah, I was it's, wondering if he was playing power chords. Yeah, it sounds like he's playing power chords. And, I, you know, I couldn't find a ton of um, clips live uh, of them playing this live. Um, but it seems like he's getting very much sort of the same kind of sound when they play it live. Um, that doesn't mean it couldn't have been also, you know, doubled up in the studio. Um, oh, but, you know, side note, I was Googling like Joe Lally burning, uh, trying to see if there's some kind of good clip of him playing it. And up came this, like, a film called, 
the name of the film was Burning by a filmmaker called Joseph Lally. Just thought that was weird. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, Interesting. But anyway, yeah, uh, Sam Kirby was saying something that you were saying, right? For a band that didn't do drugs, they could be a little psychedelic at times. They probably recognized those bands as a serious influence on punk. Um, yeah, definitely sounds like we're agreed on that. Oh yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, you could, I, <laughs> I don't think that there is a, a, a sound necessarily that, uh, has been made in music. I'm, I'm not again, I'm, I'm not a straight edge person. I'm not, uh, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not a drug advocate. I'm not a straight edge person. Mm-hmm. I don't speak for a drug company. Um, but, uh, no, I think, I, I think that, uh, their influences are, are wide and far. And I think that like, you know, uh, there's probably a good bit of that, um, uh, psychedelic skate rock in Ian, oh, you sure. know, from the seventies. Uh, I think, I think they, I think they can definitely get there with or without the drugs. And, you know, I mean, it, I'm, I'm not bad mouthing that guy's comment. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, not at all. And yeah, I mean, given how, how deeply they're influenced by reggae and dub, I mean, obviously they, a lot of people who did do drugs had a lot of influence on them. So, uh, yeah, those, those two can go on hand in hand. Um, another one more comment, uh, Oliver Kogod, uh, he says, I'm guessing you were planning on talking about it, but the clear hits of Brendan's farm bell, uh, in addition to the song's drum beat, I think are of note. Um, so yeah, that's this is one of those songs yep. where where Brendan's bell is right out in front, and I love that. Uh, I've spoken about that in a previous oh, yeah. episode. I also wanted to bring up, you know, um, just in when I, when his I, drum oh, beat. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I just want to say in his drum beat, um, he there's this part where he does like a double uh, hit on the kick drum, this like little stutter, and it it always sounds almost like it's a mistake. Yeah, I think I know the part you're talking about. There is a, a, a like a stumble for a second. It's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's 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 so good. And this is yes, this is one of those uh, clear as day. There it is, that bell. And rewatching instrument, I'm I'm so surprised that uh, I didn't see more of that in the underground music scene i'm surprised that i didn't see you know more kids ripping off the bell uh having the bell in their set and touring absolutely with the bell. i can't i i really can't believe for how many covers of waiting room and merchandise i've heard proving that everyone listens to them. i'm surprised more kids did not <laughs> take on that bell and like i got the bell just like brendan or maybe maybe some did and got made fun of right away i don't know <laughs> I don't know, man. Drummers, maybe they're just maybe they just can't find the one with the right tone, uh, and they're and they're very picky about it. <laughs> I, it's uh, you know, I, I, I've never, I don't really have any experience playing drums, but <laughs> like, just watching like drummers they're, and they're... all the different kinds of symbols there are, I, I get so lost. I'm like, I don't understand how these two symbols symbols are different and how you'd use them in a different way. But drummers, like they've got a they've got this taxonomy in mind of of what kind of like non-drum pieces of equipment are used for what? So I don't know. You know, I think I think um, in the early '90s, around the uh, time that I noticed like kids starting bands and being really into Fugazi and stuff, um, I think you had uh, a lot of people also getting the, too many things with their drum kit, like the cage that has the 
the everything from the gong down to the splish symbol. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then that started to phase out. And then and there was this late 90s, like tiny, tiny jazz kit uh, core going around, you know, that yeah. was really neat. Like that, like everything was sleek and so pared down, like and, and they would put their cymbals like so close to the the, the other drums, like down low that mm-hmm. they're not like raising their hand up high to ride it. Maybe that was just pendulum swinging back and forth. But I'm so surprised that n- I never saw another person with the bell, the classic, you know, Mariner's ship bell or whatever. Yeah, if I did become a drummer, I would be in serious danger of adding that to my kit and really biting Brendan's style. So uh, maybe it's better. See, I that's what I mean. That. Maybe it was that. Maybe it was out of embarrassment. Like, oh, everybody's <laughs> going to call me, you know, tell me I'm ripping off. For... <laughs> yeah. Hey, what's up, Fugazi boy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, going to play waiting Two on the nose. Yeah. Two on the nose. But uh, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't start a whole genre of bellcore. I think uh, at this point, uh, Rudy, I will ask you to uh, join me in the segment that we call Ratings. Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? To give both your final word on the song Burning and if you could rate it out of five stars in the context of the Fugazi catalog. What do you think? Um, I would say that there's a before and after. I, I know that's not fair to you, so I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna give it a a uh, a four or four point five even. Ooh. But here's the thing: I wouldn't have given that before if you had just asked me. And I, rem- you know, last week if you had said, "Hey, rate the song Burning compared to the rest of their catalog," I would have maybe said a two point five three. And that's not that it's a bad song. I'm comparing it to the entire Fugazi catalog, but knowing you're going to talk about it on a podcast and then reviewing it and analyzing it and watching some real amazing live footage of it. Uh, I'm, this is one of the best Fugazi songs in the end. Now this is a four, 4.5. I think um, okay. that I am, I am turned around at having analyzed this. And uh, so there you go. I will allow the dual ratings. There are no rules for this segment. Some people refuse to do it entirely. If you want to give two different ratings, that's fine. Uh, I'm I'm open to it. Um, for me, yeah. I think this one's coming down sort of right in the middle at a three-star rating. Um, it's I, I see it as sort of one of those pre pre-evolved Fugazi songs. Like I really my my favorite stuff. Do you do a three point five, a four, or are you just solid round numbers? Or I I do uh, I do halves. Uh, I want to know if this is a three <laughs> like. No, I think it's right of... down the middle. Uh, it's wow. It's not it's not my favorite style, but of that of the early years, I think it has to sort of grab me in the right way to to really put it over the top. Um, but obviously, there is a lot to like about it. So yeah, I, I think I'm settling on three for this one. Got to make tough decisions I'm, with I, these ratings, you know. I, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna send you some YouTube clips that I think are gonna uh, pull this to a right. three point five. <laughs> I re- I reserve the uh, the right to go back and uh, and edit me uh, eating my words into this. Um, <laughs> so yeah, none of this is written in stone. I, these are just my no, current I, impressions. I, 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 I want to hear you give your rating and then suddenly like it's it's like uh, cavernous audio with mm-hmm. a baby crying in the background and three-point <laughs> and then <laughs> uh, I will uh, you can you can assign me to write uh, 
burning is an awesome song you know a hundred times on the chalkboard or something and i'll uh uh we'll we'll, we'll see if i uh capitulate to your judgment uh, yeah um ian uh before we go do, do you mind if i just uh speak just a, a little bit about um Fugazi just a little more as far as like their place in my life please go ahead Okay, because I I was so excited and rushed at the beginning and was like, don't go on and on. You know, this guy wants to talk about the song. And (laughs) but, you know, I you know, as far as discovering Fugazi, I don't think I gave it. uh, I feel bad now at what I said at the beginning. I don't think I gave it its due. I was like, oh, yeah, it kind of sucked. I was in a station wagon. It was it was not good. But (laughs) but that is to say, like, you know, there there was a slow checking out into it. And then over the years, um kind of more the punk that stuck with me like i said earlier was the the political punk and i think like a lot of ardent fugazi fans that you know are still uh analyzing this band well into their 40s or or how whatever age uh let's just say since the 90s or 80s even because you know they their first one was what 88 so um but uh, you know it, it definitely is is uh has meant a lot to me in my life. I know their, their lyrics aren't overtly political, um, necessarily. They, they it's cryptic that you can't, you don't read a Fugazi lyric book and then, you know, okay, well, I'm going to go support this issue and that issue. <laughs> um, but, but, I, but I will say they have fallen in into that, uh, punk realm for me of like, they kind of guide my life, my ethics, my, being a a state employee how i how i go about uh my duties in looking out for uh the the people of alabama uh and and uh the decisions i make i I think a lot about like my punk heroes i think uh about what would they do what is the best decision i can make that really works for the people that brings the people up um you know even just every little decision in life when you when you really kind of get into the political side of punk and and it shapes your ethics it, it really starts to play into every decision and and these people are just you know kind of your heroes in a way but also just guideposts like i i can't go shopping without thinking of fagazi's merchandise sometimes or even uh there's you know a crass song and even a citizen fish song i think about when i go shopping uh it's just this band is has been so much to me in life i'm really glad that you're doing this um it, you know they they they're i i'm glad to know there are other people like me who took this in and it was more than just the aggressive music it was more than just the slam dancing it was it was um it was a guide to to how to start to build yourself as a person and how are you going to behave in this world and treat others and treat the world and um what kind of world are you making and are you questioning yourself every day and everything you do and are are you fur- are you getting further toward making that world that 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 these people fire up in you to want that's very well said and i think it's safe to say you have a kindred spirit in me and probably a lot of the people listening to the show so uh thanks very much well, um, well thank you for bringing us all together in this way oh you're you're very welcome it's it's definitely a pleasure so far so let's do a quick bit of plugs. 
I don't know if you have anything sort of coming up you want to plug or if you just want to uh, let listeners know where they can reach you online or whatever, anything like that. Uh, well, again, my name is Rudy Baines. Um, and you can, I, I, I had a band called the Rudy Baines shutdown and that stuff is all on Spotify and Bandcamp and YouTube. And then I just loaded it yesterday and I'm waiting for it to all hit on the internet. Um, but the follow-up band to that was the Rudy Baines breakup and <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> which because the shutdown broke up and I had a show to play in a month and a half and I got with the most explosive drummer I knew. And I said, we have in a month and a half to, to write at least 20 minutes of music. And, and we did, and we played that show and we continued. And, um, but that was years and years ago, but that that's finally going to be online real soon. The Rudy Baines shutdown and the Rudy is already online and the Rudy Baines breakup is coming. I'm really proud of that stuff. I'd love everyone to go check it out. Um, and then I'm out there on other media as just Rudy Baines. Oh, and I was in a movie once, kind of a horror. Uh, I don't know why they call it horror. It's more thriller. It's not like a like what's the difference between like serial killer and monster <laughs> movie. But this one's the serial killer kind of horror movie. And uh, it's called Death to the World. And I think it's on Amazon Prime. Oh, what do you play? And that. uh I, I play a, I, I play a, a, a character that that will surprise you. Okay. <laughs> and um, uh, uh, it was made here in Montgomery, Alabama, by uh, my friend uh, 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 Shane Gillis and Rick Gardner. Uh, Shane being also a, a gigantic Fugazi fan. Cool. Well, and it was taken. It, it got taken off of Amazon for just a little while because of. Shane Gillis, the director, having the same name as Shane Gillis, the guy who was fired from SNL before he got on SNL this past season. Um, <laughs> and Shane's uh, movie coincidentally came off Amazon and then was added back in. It's cool. Well, I'll put that stuff in the show notes and uh, I'll, I'll check it out myself. Uh, thanks very much for sharing that and thanks for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. So, listeners... As for me, you can reach me at fugazi a to z at gmail.com. And of course, you can join the Facebook group, The Alphabetical Fugazi. Uh, let us know what you think about burning. And I hope you'll join me for the next episode when we'll be discussing, you guessed it, burning too. Until then, keep your eyes open. This is my last